Our gospel lesson this morning is from the 24th chapter of Matthew. I will be reading this morning from the New American Standard Bible. And if you would, um, as you are able, as you feel comfortable, please stand for the reading of the gospel. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. There will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason... You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. There is a spiritual truth that humankind was created in the image and likeness of the Most High God. See, despite what we see in the natural world, despite the horrific things people have shown themselves to be capable of, we were created by God to be whole. To be good. And not just good, but very good. Perfect, even. And because we are created that way, we are deep down in the very center of our being drawn to the light. We are made to be people of the light. In our Old Testament reading this morning that that Cindy read, Isaiah talks about walking in the light. Here's a little bit different version of that scripture. It says, For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light 
of the Lord. See, Isaiah is prophesying about the coming Messiah. He's talking about the transforming of the world by the coming of Christ. The advent of Jesus Christ to the world as the baby in the manger. Which will make ready for the second advent of Christ the King who will come and reign over the earth and its people. Do you hear that this morning? The first advent of Jesus, the baby, makes way for the second advent of Christ the King. The light of the Lord, the light of Christ, is the light of which we are speaking this morning. The light of love, the light of truth, the light of understanding, the light of peace and hope, and joy, all those things represented by this wreath of candles. Light. The light of Christ. It's a major theme in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Light. The first verses of Genesis talk about light. It's a very powerful passage of Scripture. And what we sometimes fail to grasp is that contained in those passages is something that is far more powerful and personal to each of us than just the formation of the world. Listen to God's Word in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? God created light. But it goes deeper than that. What we must understand is that thanks to the first advent, each of us can experience a Genesis light moment. And as a result of that experience, each of us can become a new creation. The old things will pass away, as the Bible says. Each of us, when we accept Jesus as Savior, experience a Genesis light moment. And we are transformed, completely changed. The Bible says His mercy and grace are new every morning. You've heard that before. In the new light of a new day, His mercy and grace are new. Whatever you are dealing with in your life, allow the God of creation, the God of redemption, the God of light to bring about that Genesis light moment in your life. Because you see, in the beginning before we know Christ, 
We are formless and void. Sound familiar? And darkness covers us as we are in deep below the surface of our sin. But the Holy Spirit of God moves over the surface of the deep where we are treading like mad to stay afloat. And just as we're going under for the very last time, as our heads are hopelessly covered by the dark, deep water of our sin, we reach up our hands and we cry out, Abba, Father. And in that crying, that's when it happens. God says, let there be light. And there is light. God sees that the light is good and God separates the light from the darkness. That's not about the creation of the world. That's about the new creation of each of you and me individually. The Holy Spirit reaches down into the deep, dark water and grabs us by the hand and by the heart and He points us to the light. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows us the light and the light is Jesus Christ. John 8.12 says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but we'll have the light of life. As we accept Christ, we too become light. We are the light of the world, the Bible says. And God sees us because now we're light. And when He does, He sees that we are now good, acceptable to the Father. We are now through the light of Christ, acceptable to God the Father. So you see, when we decide to follow Jesus... We no longer walk in darkness, but we have the light of eternal life within us. We are separated once and for all from the darkness of our former hopeless existence. This is the reason Jesus came. To bring the light into the darkness of broken humanity. And now that he has accomplished that illumination of the darkness, now that he's brought the light into the world by his advent, now it's our responsibility to spread the light. And there's no time to waste. There's no time to waste because now it is our time to rise to the dawn of the new light, to the new mercy and the new grace of the new day. We have to work and work because there is work to do. There is work to do before Jesus comes back. We have much to do before the second advent. Paul, in Romans 13, talks about this. He says, besides this, you know what time it is. How it is 
Now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. What Paul is saying there is that we have to be ready for the second advent. We celebrate the first. That's what Christmas is about. But we have to be ready. In all the celebration, we have to be ready for the second. We have to be ready. We must ready ourselves so that we can get others ready. How can we be a witness and a testimony to others if we have yet to get our own act together? And Paul says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. If you get caught up in the season, if you get caught up in the materiality, material things instead of substance, if you get caught up in the Christmas the culture has created instead of the meaning of Christmas, then you're losing track of the time. You're dozing off and you're oblivious to God. It's not an accusation. It's just an observation. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. So we have to be up and awake to what God is doing. Because God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that He began from the moment you first believed. God is completing the work in you that He started the moment you first believed. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I see some nods. I'd like to hear your voices. Thank you. We can't afford to waste a minute. We We can't squander those precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence. We have to get out of bed. We have to get dressed. We have to get busy. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Because you don't know when that last minute's coming. Dress yourselves in Christ, Paul says, and be up and about. Be busily readying yourself and readying others so when He returns, we won't be caught napping. It's a very simple message, isn't it? Be ready. Because nobody knows when He's coming. We know Jesus is coming. We know He's returning. 
The Gospel of Matthew tells us that. But the exact day and hour, no one knows that not even heaven's angels, not even the Son, only the Father knows. The arrival of the Son of Man will take place in times like Noah's. Before the great flood, everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time, right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. The Son of Man's arrival will be like that, Matthew says. Two men will be working in the field, one will be taken, one left behind. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one left behind. So stay awake. Be alert. You have no idea what day your master will show up. But you do know this. You know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, he would have been there with his dogs to prevent the break-in. Be vigilant just like that. You have no idea when the Son of Man is going to show up. Just like in the days of Noah. Dry one day, raining like I'll get out the next. It can sometimes seem in the natural world that the light has been dimmed. Can't it? That the darkness of this present age, this secular humanist culture, has nearly extinguished the light. Making it easier to hide the truth, to conceal the evil. But the thing is, Christ's return is bringing back the light. Christ's return will shine the light of truth on everyone equally. It will illuminate the admirable and cut through the darkness of the wicked and the ashamed. It will expose the honorable and the dishonorable, the righteous and the unrighteous, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All will be seen for what and who they are. In the light of Christ. So doesn't it make sense. For us to be prepared. Doesn't it make sense for us to get right with God. Now. Doesn't it just make good sense. To settle your differences with God. And with one another. And start living in the light. Because we are people. Of the light. People of the light shine the light of Christ into the darkness. That's your purpose. Just like a lighthouse leading a fallen and broken world to safety. Be the light. Be the light that you were created to be. Be busily about the work of the kingdom and light the way and be ready. 
That is what this Advent season is about. Yes, it's a roll up into a very exciting, commemorable day. Christmas. But it's about so much more than that. The first Advent paves the way for the second. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.